Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, the university where you learn everything going on in the world of pop culture and see what life lessons you can get from it for your own life. Doesn't that sound inspirational, educational? What can make it better? Having the sexiest podcast host in North America centrally whisper all this tea directly into your ear. And I am feeling really sexy this week, so you're so lucky. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for joining us. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. Everyone is welcome here, even the bisexuals, especially the bisexuals. This is a PhD level college class, so you better be ready to keep up with all this crazy fucking tea that I'm about to forcibly spill down your throat. I've been having the absolute craziest, most insane, worst fucking week of my life. So I'm angry. I'm angry. And so this podcast episode is going to be angry as well. And I I actually hope all your lives are very traumatizing and going kind of horribly and insane this week because I cannot be fucking alone in this. Luckily, all the celebrities in the world right now are having horrible traumatizing lives and they're just falling apart right in front of our eyes so i actually don't feel alone we need to talk about some crazy shit like the conspiracy theory that kanye west is dead he was murdered and was then cloned that's an insane conspiracy theory we're going to talk about a conspiracy theory that miley cyrus confronted one of the kardashians at a very public event and made them very embarrassed then we must talk about the Joe Jonas slandering his now ex-wife Sophie Turner over their divorce and trying to make her look like a druggy, alcoholic, neglectful mother, a horrible wife. It is absolute wackadoodle time. We must also talk about how the Kardashians made Beyonce's birthday concert all about themselves with Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet hard, rock solid, launching their relationship in a raunchy, crazy way. And I'll give you an update on my spider infestation in my apartment, where I will be living in Hollywood, and what the fuck is going on in Professor Patty's life, because I actually can't take it anymore, and I'm on the fucking edge. But before we get into it, make sure you rate this podcast five star on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a cute little review. Please don't hate me, because I've been late this week. I have been going through hell and back. My whole soul and spirit are on fire i'm i'm being drowned in the ocean tossed around this earth like a drowned harass rat i'm doing my best i'm just doing my best so don't leave a bad review i'm so fucking sorry uh leave a good review tell me how gorgeous i am and screenshot yourself listen to it post it to your instagram story and tag me tell all your friends spread the word around but anyway students face forward pay attention because pop culture university is beginning be alarmed remain calm do not attempt to leave the dance floor the dj booth is conducting a troubleshoot test of the entire system i'm one of one i'm number one i'm the only one don't even waste your time trying to compete with me no one else in this world Okay, students, so today we're going to start the podcast with my favorite reoccurring segment called Shit Talking Selena Gomez. <laughs> I love Selena Gomez. I just want to make that very clear. I think her music is so amazing. I am willing to give her a 15,000th chance after all the mistakes she's made. But we are going to, you know, talk shit about Selena Gomez again today. So Selena Gomez is in a show called Only Murders in the Building. And I just took up watching that show. I must be 
so bored and desperate. But I, I, I just decided to watch that show. I could use some comedy, some murder mystery in my life. You know, comedy and murder mystery go really great together. Like Scream Queens, one of the greatest shows of all time, American Horror Story, so iconic. I think Selena Gomez brings only murders in the building down. She's going to burn that building down herself. It's a good show. I love Martin Short and Steve Martin. Their comedic timing is so good. But Selena Gomez, she just doesn't deliver her lines with any sort of variation of emotion. She's not even delivering the lines with the purposeful stoicism or the purposeful lack of emotion that maybe a character would require. I think some people's rebuttal to me saying she's a bad actress in that show would be, oh, her character's supposed to be indifferent and kind of depressed. So of course she's going to be super gloomy and disinterested, but it's, it's not even like, she's not even selling disinterested. She's just selling actress who showed up on set that day and like read her lines and doesn't even know what's going on in the next episode. Like it's just giving actress who doesn't understand the whole concept of the show. Thus she can't put her whole self into it. Her whole cell Ussie. And I was even talking to some really passionate Selena Gomez fans and they were like, yeah, I agree because I have different PR teams that I consult with before I talk about a certain celebrity, just to know what their fan bases would say. And I was even talking to a lot of, hardcore selena gomez fans and they're like yeah she is does not act very good in that show like they just know she could do a lot better and i agree i think she could do a lot better i think selena gomez is fantastic but uh just not in this show and not in a lot of other things however selena gomez we can learn something from her today because she just did an interview where she was talking about her new single single soon that will probably burn out soon i'm kidding i'm kidding but her new single single soon debuted at number 19 on the billboard hot 100 that's pretty good there wasn't much promo for it because she broke her hand and only wanted to hang out with her friends and not promote her fucking song that's what she said at least that's why she wasn't promoting it that much because her hand was broken so i guess she can't go sing somewhere and she just wants to hang out with her friends and not talk about a song whatever girl we finally found out how she broke her hand though she broke her hand because she was running out of her house in a dress and she slipped on that dress and fell on the ground and like caught herself with her hand. But the impact was a lot. So she broke her hand. Better than breaking that beautiful face of hers. So Selena Gomez, your hand will heal. You'll be fine and you'll still look gorgeous and disinterested tomorrow. By the way, well, for what it's worth, Miley Cyrus's new song, Used to Be Young, debuted at number eight on the Billboard Hot 100, a top 10 hit. Isn't that fucking crazy? Debuted at number eight. Good for Miley. Miley is so good at having a song be really crazy successful in its first week. Like, I feel like when Miley releases music, the next day, the world knows about it. And not just people on Twitter. Like, your mom and dad know about that song. That's just the impact that Miley has because she's been such a household name forever. And even though she is so young still, so many generations much older than her know her and look out for her. So when people say Miley Cyrus doesn't have a Super Bowl set list, I say, fuck you. You're bitter and sad and should just join the party that Miley Cyrus is throwing in the USA. And she debuted higher than Selena. Um, Doja Cat was predicted to go number one this week. And the chart was supposed to come out on 9-11. If you don't remember 9-11, how dare you? But um, obviously that day is a very somber day. 
but Doja Cat was supposed to go number one with Paint the Town Red on 9-11. And I think that would have been distasteful. So I'm happy she didn't. Um, some other country singer, blah, 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 Zach Bryan or something, who I've literally ne- ne- never heard of. I could walk past Zach Bryan on the street. I wouldn't know a damn thing. Sorry to Zach Bryan, but he went number one for some godforsaken reason. Anyway, Selena Gomez was talking about her new single, Single Soon, and she was talking about why she's single. And she was saying because she has high maintenance. And I think we could all learn from her today. Uh, she was saying some pretty smart things. She said, she was asked why she's single, and she so she goes, quote, I think I just have standards. And I think I live in a world right now where boys confuse standards with high maintenance. She said, but that line was actually just supposed to be really fun because I'm not ashamed to say that you actually have to meet requirements to be with Selena Gomez. She said, I actually require X, Y, and Z for you to be with me. And if you can't meet those things, then we're not going to be together. And I think that is so correct. And she is so genius. Like, I love her. She is so smart. I'm obsessed with her. Can't get enough of Sal Gomez. She's selling merch that says a little high maintenance on it on like a t-shirt. I thought she wasn't interested in selling anything, but I guess she's selling merch with that song. Sell Ina Gomez. Always selling something. But I will say she was really correct with that statement. Um, I, I, I believe in high standards. Very, very high standards. You should have a long, exquisite list of something that someone needs in order to date you. And I feel like in the past, if I met someone who has 75% of my list of standards, but are missing a few important ones. I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like we can compensate for that because so many of their other qualities are so incredible and so amazing and they make me laugh and smile or whatever. But then as the time goes on, it's like, oh shit, I actually really do mean those standards and I need them. So I think what we can learn from this is to embrace your single era, go dance to single soon, love being single, go out with your friends, break your hand, because you're running in your dress so fast, dance, and then one day, even if it's in years, when you finally find someone who's perfect for you and meets all your standards, then it is time to actually accept a relationship into your life. We're going to wrap up the bell ring with talking about someone else who has a new relationship in their life, and that is Leonardo DiCaprio. And you guessed it. You guessed it. This creepy, decrepit, Leonardo decrepit, De- decrepit Rio is dating another 25 year old. Uh, she's a supermodel named Victoria. No, 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 no. Vittoria. No R in the beginning. Vittoria Soretti. She's Italian. She's gorgeous as always. I mean, of course, Leonardo DiCaprio is only going to date the most gorgeous of infants. Even with me, I'm like a 25 year old is way too young for me. And I'm 23. But. Yeah, good for Leo. I guess this relationship will only last a matter of months before she turns 26. And then on her 26th birthday, he'll send her a Snapchat that's like, no, don't turn 26. You're so sexy. (laughs) But yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio is at it again. And I guess if he wants to be a bachelor for life, that's on him. Oh my God, did you see The Bachelor at like the franchise? The Bachelor is coming out with a new season called The Golden Bachelor. And it's all mature women vying for a mature man and by mature i mean old i'm just being nice um but the bachelor is like 60 or 70 or something he's hot he is hot 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 of course that's my type overall the uh, other joe schmo regular degular schmegular 
boring white men they have as the bachelor actually i would have loved to date colton the bachelor because i knew he was gay from the second i saw him but yeah i would love to date the golden bachelor and all the women on the show are so gorgeous i i I hate the bachelor i stopped watching that show so long ago because it's like a toxic relationship that always lies to you and lets you down but i might watch the golden bachelor how about you let me know Holy shit. So in between those segments, I literally went to lunch with someone from Scooter Baron's management team. That's how busy I am right now. Like, I'm trying to get this podcast out so fucking fast, but I have a billion things to do. But anyway, I just went out to lunch with someone from Scooter Baron's team, SB Projects. I probably shouldn't be spilling this tea, but there's really no tea to spill. That's why I'm telling you this. And I, right when I got to the to the brunch table, I was like, hey, what is the Scooter Baron tea? Why is there a mass exodus? Why is everyone leaving Scooter Baron? And he just wouldn't tell me. His, his response was kind of uh, kind of like alluding to something bad, though. So doesn't look good. He was just like, even long relationships can come to an end. And I was like, what? Because Ariana Grande left Scooter Braun. Justin Bieber left Scooter Braun. He's like the biggest talent manager ever in Hollywood, but everyone's leaving him right now. So I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I need to I need to know. I'm trying to get you guys the inside tea. But yeah, his life is like really going downhill, Scooter Braun. So I'm just really curious. I will get to the bottom of it, though, I promise. Anyway, someone else's life who's going totally downhill. I mean, it's been downhill, girl. And he might be dead now. Dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. Kanye West. The man formerly known as Kanye West, I should say. He now goes by Ye, which is pretty opposite because no one says, no one thinks Ye when they see Kanye West. If I saw Kanye West walk into a room, the last thing I would think was Ye. I would actually be like, ah! Anyway, so after he got that blowjob on that boat in Italy where his wife, Bianca Sensori, swallowed her pride and his dick in the middle of a river in Italy, sucking him off. She went south on west in the middle of one of those like really romantic boat rides. Um, he's now banned from that boat ride company and probably should be banned from Italy in its entirety. He no longer deserves the pasta. He no longer deserves the good food or the uncircumcised men. However, it's so bewildering to me that there's still Kanye West fans like I get it he's made so many amazing songs and music videos and he's really done a a lot for music culture and everything in the past but that's the old Kanye and the old Kanye can't come to the phone right now why because he's getting head in the middle of a river I'm kidding it's because he's dead and so many people in my comment section on that TikTok I made about him in the boat they so many of them were saying that's not Kanye that's not the real him he's dead the real Kanye wouldn't do that he's a clone and you know they they made this clone of Kanye that is now the one we see in public who is purposely trying to ruin his reputation they so basically the conspiracy theory about Kanye West is that he is dead and the government or the Illuminati or something made a clone of him to slander him beyond the point of return so no one believes anything he'll ever say ever again. And they've definitely been successfully doing that. But at, at the same time, before I get into 
the whole conspiracy theory, what part of Kanye West's past ever makes you think he wouldn't do these things? That's what I'm saying. He's always been really offending people. It, it used to be more like strategically offensive and provoking. But I mean, I, I understand it's now gotten to a point of totally unacceptable, unforgivable, offensive comments. His fans are really just seeing him through rose-colored lenses. They're in the lavender haze of Kanye West. And I shouldn't use a Taylor Swift reference to talk about him ever. But people in the comments said, these are real comments, quote, this is not Kanye. The real one is dead. I'm so sure of it. I think it's very clear that Kanye is dead and this clone version of him is being used to destroy his image. Someone quoted a tweet that said, which conspiracy theory do you believe? And they all said, Kanye West is dead. Wow. So let's get into the conspiracy theory about if Kanye West could actually be dead. Like, is there any truth to this or is there any plausible evidence credence at all so in january if you don't recall this is when everyone thought he died january this year because he went missing for multiple days even even a week i think he went totally missing off the grid and yes he goes to wyoming a lot to hook up with jeffree star and people don't see him for a few days but his managers would still know where he was like he would always stay in contact with people like that but then in january he totally went off the grid for like a week no one knew where he was his manager put out a statement like can someone help me find kanye he can't be managed i'm trying to manage him but he just can't be managed there was news headlines that said kanye west has been reported missing and unable to be found for weeks according to his ex-business manager so all of his fans who are just as stable as he is were saying that during that week, they, they think he was, you know, brought into like Area 51 and strapped down and cloned or something, killed. And ever since then, we've had a new Kanye. So let's just talk about why would he get killed and cloned? Like, why? What What is the purpose? Because there's a lot of people saying really crazy things in the press and online, but they're not getting replaced. So why Kanye? People think him because he was exposing the government a lot in 2022 and 2021 and the music industry specifically coming for rock nation and if you don't know rock nation is just as powerful as the government if you're going to expose two things to really blow up the game it's the government and rock nation rock nation is run by jay-z and everyone knows jay-z is the king of the illuminati with queen beyonce of the illuminati so that's where everyone's like oh my god he shouldn't have started exposing them but he made major enemies with jay-z a few years ago and that's why taylor swift has the lyric in this is why we can't have nice things that says but i'm not the only friend you've lost lately if only you weren't so shady the not the only friend she's referring to is jay-z Something else that's really interesting is that if they did kill him and clone him in January, he did have a black eye in January. And you know what the black eye conspiracy theory is? The black eye conspiracy theory is that if a celebrity or a, uh, a prominent political figure one day just suddenly has a black eye, it means that they think they did something called, I forgot what, what exactly what it was, but it's like soul leeching. Basically, they say that your eyes are the window to the soul and... If some demonic entity were to steal your soul or make a deal with the devil or something, you would have a black eye because they would take your soul out through your left eye. And that's why people think when they randomly see celebrities or like Bill Clinton or Obama with a black eye, they're like, oh my God, they have now joined the black eye club. You should Google the black eye club or go to TikTok after this, type in petty pop culture, black eye club. I made a whole like really convincing TikTok about it. You'll love it. 
make sure to follow me too. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he had a black eye in January, potentially meaning he was killed or, you know, switched out or his his soul was like replaced or cloned or something like just, just something so suspicious with the black eye that we need to get to the bottom of something else. So fucking crazy. Like this really hit home for me. And this piece of evidence is about Kim Kardashian. So Kim Kardashian, obviously his ex partner in literal crime, literal crime. She was on her show, the Kardashians, and she had a segment that was filmed this year after January where she was going through Kanye's storage warehouses as if she's cleaning out, you know, your loved one's house after you die, after they die and you're deciding what to keep and who gets what and who, you know, what to just throw away. And she was going through it crying the whole time and mourning him almost. She kept saying, I like, I understand that he's never coming back and there's never going to be a way to get back to where it was. We'll, we'll never get him back to where he was. He's, he's gone. And she had to like mourn him on the show. And everyone in the Twitter conversations about that that night was like, wow, why does it feel like Kim is really mourning him as if he's dead? And that's exactly how I thought. And Kim sometimes, they definitely stage that show and she's not the best actress. I'm really excited to see her on American Horror Story because I feel like she's just not naturally the best actress and you can tell what segments are fake. She looked genuinely in pain. Like her, the ugly crying face came out and everything. I have such an ugly crying face. Oh my fucking God. I swell up like a pufferfish. I get super like splotchy, like red and white and my eyes get so bloodshot, but I have really white, like uh, bright blue eyes. So the bright red and the bright blue, I just look like, I just like ate a, like a pufferfish or something. Anyway, so this is something really, really crazy. This is a, probably the most convincing piece of evidence. And Kanye West um, actually wrote a poem called Dead in late 2022 the poem was just called dead as if he was dead and he posted it on instagram maybe he knew what was about to happen or maybe something already did happen to him but the poem is on one little reel on instagram and at the head of it it says dead in red bold letters and then there's words on both sides of the screen and this is what the poem says it's actually really creepy and eerie so let's get into it it says, no one wanted to tell me I was dead and only people that would talk to me were in my head. No one wanted to tell me that I was dead. Only The only people who loved me would visit me in their dreams instead. As if he's like a ghost, like visiting their dreams and no one was telling him that he's about to die. It's so creepy. It continues, they would come to my grave and sprinkle some bread. So on my tombstone, the birds would be fed. I would give new request." Nothing was said because no one wanted to tell me that I was dead. They ran through my account like the sign said, free bread. But no one wanted to tell me I was dead. My kids would dance for me in a home I once led. But kids see ghosts and didn't know I was dead. Everything was wrong in the press that I read. Because nobody would tell me that I was dead. I realized when people spoke to me was only when they prayed. Because nobody would just tell me. Bro, you've been dead. Won't anyone listen to one word I said? My fucking text notification ruining my beautiful poetry. Won't anyone listen to one word I said? Of course not, sir. 
You know how long you've been dead? Funny, it's been a long, long time since I bled. You'd think someone who prides being smart as me would have known that he's dead. So now every idea only exists in my head. I guess that's how people treat you when you're dead. I found out one day at the newsstand in Purgatory, there was a front page article of my murderer's story. I was so surprised at what it said. This info is for the living. And surprise, you're dead. Why is that such a good poem? That was such a good poem. Like, why do I want to snap for him? I can't snap right now because I'm a little sweaty. My hands are clammy. But oh my goodness, that was a really great poem. I got chills. I got goosies. And we just need to dissect that a little because I feel like, of course, conspiracy theorists would be like, oh, that's him admitting that he's dead or he knew what was coming to him. Like, it's almost like he knew what was coming to him because this was in late 2022 before he went missing. And the line I found out one day at a newsstand in Purgatory, like right before he was about to cross over, die, there was a front page article of my murderer's story. Front page article, like another famous person like Jay-Z or Kim Kardashian, like maybe everyone was involved in him dying. So they were on the front page of this story because they're famous and he's just seeing them on the newsstand. It just makes people think like maybe he shouldn't have gone against Rock Nation or the Kardashians are always tied in with some sketchy shit. But it, it, it's just so scary. And it's, it's interesting that he was saying um, like a murderer story. And then I like the line, I realized people only spoke to me when they prayed. So someone was praying on him. Someone was trying to find him, like trying to murder him. Ugh. But yeah, he was saying his death was by the means of murder. And it would make sense, honestly, after his whole 2020 presidential campaign run, he was trying to like expose the government and say, wake up and blah, blah, blah. And all of this crazy shit. And then he tried to expose the music industry I know he went about it the wrong way. He was being super anti-Semitic, which of course is never, never okay. But what he was like saying when when he was backtracking, he was like, I was trying to expose the music industry and this person and all the evil things that go on in the government and the music industry. So it makes sense if one person was going to be silenced, it would be him. His fans also say he would never dress the way he's dressing now. He grew out a big beard for the first time, and he's never done that before in his life. He's walking around without shoes, and obviously he's, he's Kanye West. Like, he, shoes are his life. So why is he walking around barefoot? That's honestly the strongest piece of evidence. Why the hell are you walking around barefoot, Kanye? Uh, his new wife is apparently in on it. Bianca is going with all of these crazy... PR stunts and publicity stunts like sucking the dick in the boat because it would help ruin his reputation and she's just there to push that along and she's getting paid by whoever. Lucky for him though, he was in a lot of debt. Apparently he apparently owed his ex-manager a lot of money. That could potentially be why he was hiding. And he owed Adidas a lot of money and a lot of other companies. He was losing like billions of dollars. So maybe this whole dying thing worked out for him because when you die the government forgives your debt it's like the only way america would forgive your debt they are ruthless you literally have to die um so yeah maybe that worked out for him i would love to hear what you think though do you think kanye west is dead do you think this is some sort of clone that is made to ruin his public image forever and he is not the real kanye because 
they want to take him down and make sure no one believes anything he ever says again and just completely destroy the image of who the genius Kanye West was. Do you believe that? Do you not? Please let me know. I think it's very convincing. It's one of the stronger conspiracy theories about a celebrity dying or faking their deaths or being killed. So I'm, I may actually keep y'all updated on this Kanye West story. But I think what we can learn from this there's not much to learn from someone potentially getting murdered by the government because that's just crazy. But when it comes to Kim Kardashian mourning who he used to be and his fans kind of not knowing how to cope with the new Kanye, let's just say it is him and he's still alive. People don't really know how to cope with this personality change of his. So I think what we can learn just in general is when people change in your life because everyone is going to change. Everyone is going to be someone different. They're still, they're, they'll still be themselves at their core, but everyone you love and everyone you know is constantly changing. So don't think you ever fully know someone. I see different sides of people come out that I never thought would as they get older or as a big life adjustment happens to them. They get more confidence. They level up or they level down or something. People are constantly revealing new sides of themselves and you may mesh with them better or you may mesh with them worse. You may agree with them. You may not agree with their life choices. But the moral of the story is people can go from people you know to people you don't. And I can't believe I'm quoting a Selena Gomez song right now. Blah. Everything ends. People change. Hearts change. Love ends. But at the end of the day, change is the only thing you can count on. Nothing is ever the same every day. And the only constant truth is this is how you cope with people in your life changing. If you're sad that maybe your childhood best friend changed or you're, you, you and your siblings grew apart because they're just kind of different now or you, you just you, like your vibes are a bit different. Like you still love each other, but you don't connect as much or your ex-boyfriend changed and that's why you guys broke up. Like this is how you would cope with it. At the end of the day, the only constant truth is you only have your actions to live and die with. That's what will remain. Your impact on people that you spend your life with will outlast how long you spent with them, if that makes sense. Try to be a good person for them. Try to be a positive force in their lives. Be a good example for them. Because if one day they change, you're not as close anymore. At least you can look back and be like, we had a great time together. I'm thankful for it. And I know I was a good person to them and I left them off on... I like I influence them to go down a good path and I can like rest assured in that because you really only have how you treat people as the only thing you can control. So I told you I would have a boyfriend within a week. <laughs> and I just want to say, be careful what you wish for, students. Be careful what you wish for. That is an important lesson because this man fell in love with me last week. And I feel so bad even talking about him because he's so cute and innocent. But we only hung out one time. I'm not going to tell you his name, but we'll call him Jacob Elordi. Because <laughs> Jacob Elordi is cute. So we'll call him Jacob Elordi. So Jacob Elordi hung out with me one time and he totally fell in love with me but I didn't get that like I, I wasn't getting those vibes it was just kind of like a 
nice to know you. Like, let's make out and talk for a bit. Like, we, we really weren't even talking that much, if you know what I'm saying. And then the next time I see him out, he thinks we're fully in love. And he brings me up to his friends like, this is this is him. This is him. And his friends tell me, oh, I've heard so much about you. It's so nice to meet you. You're so pretty. And I'm like, huh? What do you mean it's you've you've heard stuff about me? What? Why? Like there's there's no real information in my head. I was like, he doesn't really even have a lot of information about me because he doesn't know me very well. There's just not that much subject matter for him to tell you guys. So what the fuck did he tell you? And then all day when we were out, I was out for a long time. So I was out for like four hours. He was all over me being like, I like you so much. By the way, this guy has such a thick accent. He speaks mainly Spanish. So we're talking in like we're talking like Kendall Jenner and Bad Bunny the whole time. I finally have have empathy for them. I know exactly what they're going through because you half understand the person, half don't. But you still think they're cute and you're just vibing with them. He would be like, I like you. You know why I like you? Because you're cute. Kiss me, BB. Like, that's how he was talking to me. And it was so funny and, like, endearing. And I, I loved it. But at the same time, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I, I just don't think I can keep talking to this man. So I left the bar at one point. I just told him, like, hey, we can't, you know, spend the night together. I have to go back to my friend's house because of my spider infestation. So I guess I wasn't lying. And then we didn't actually go home. We just went to a bar on the opposite side of the street. And he comes into that bar, of course. And he comes up to me like, baby, you left me for this. You lied to me. I, I like you, baby. Why? And I was like, oh, my God. Lo siento, chico. Pero I wanted to bailar con otros amigos, con otros novios he thought we were novios and we were just not so i i could have a boyfriend this week if i want to but i don't and it's not because of anything it's just because i simply do not know this man very well but i mean i doubt he's listening to this because there's not a translated version but jacob alordi if you're listening i like you too baby okay anyway well so as you know miley cyrus is in a cult now i made an episode about that last episode or two episodes ago. So go check it out. But when Miley Cyrus isn't in that cult called the Modern Mystery School, she's actually part of a worse cult called the Selenators. <laughs> if you don't know the Selenators, they're these people who, for some reason, rally around Selena Gomez. They always have their eye out for Selena. And there is this rumor that Miley Cyrus really wanted to defend Selena Gomez against the mean girls, against the wretched evil, tyrannical Regina Georges of the real world, a.k.a. Kylie Jenner, Kendall Jenner, and Hailey Bieber. Saying their names together sounds like, you know, Bloody Mary will appear in the mirror. So, the gag is, Miley Cyrus, as we know, she isn't afraid of confrontation. She will can she will be a part of any confrontation at an award show. Now back to this bitch who had a lot to say about me the other day in the press. Miley, what's good? And Miley didn't back down from that. She was like, Nikki, congratulations on your award. <laughs> Nikki is so funny. Oh my God, I hope she goes to the VMAs. I love Nikki and Miley. They better be at the VMAs or I'll shit. Anyway, Miley Cyrus was at a Versace fashion show a while back when this was all happening. When when was this going down? Like February or something? Miley Cyrus has really been into like the high fashion game. So she'd been attending all of these events sitting front row with Donatella 
and Versace. I pronounced that right. Thank you very much. Versace. Whoa. Oh my God. I, I should do more Donatella impressions. I didn't know I was so good at that. And while she was giving a speech at one of these events, being like the co-chair or something, Kendall Jenner was at this event that Miley was hosting. And there's a bunch of blind items saying that this really happened. And like I said, I don't try to get into blind items too much on here. I try to just talk about things that confirmed happened. But there's so many blind items saying that this actually happened that Miley Cyrus got on the mic and before she started her speech, looked right at Kendall Jenner in front of everyone and said, you think you have a free pass to bully others online without getting caught? And looked right at Kendall. Like she didn't say her name, but she just looked right at her. And it's about damn time someone called out Kendall Jenner in her natural habitat, like the, the modeling world. And allegedly Kendall Jenner was paralyzed after Miley's comment at her table and was just so freaked out and didn't know what to do. Kendall Jenner was shaking in her thigh high $20,000 boots. And Miley Cyrus is always on her I don't give a fuck shit. This is the woman who was swinging naked from a wrecking ball at 20 years old and then wearing dildos on stage at her concerts at 21 years old. So I don't think Miley would be scared to really come for someone and publicly fight them. And this was allegedly earlier in the year before she got really deep into her cult. And like I said, Miley's cult is all about helping someone with trauma or who's a little angry in life, calm down. So maybe that's another reason why she joined the cult. She had some anger to get out. But this wouldn't surprise me at all. And the amount of people saying that this is true and happened in like reliable sources, good for Miley. And I'm sure Selena was so happy. Selena's so thrilled. She wants to stick it to the Mean Girls anytime she can, even though I think Selena is also a Mean Girl. But Miley is always on Team Selena. They just released music on the same day last week, and they actually planned it. Selena Gomez gave a quote, and she was like, me and Miley knew we were going to release songs on the same day. And we thought maybe we should change our dates up to not interfere with each other. And then they just decided, let's make a moment out of it. Let's support each other. And both of us, ex-Disney girls, can drop on the same day. And it will be empowering and two friends supporting each other and getting cohesive clout from each other. Plus, they've worked together multiple times. They were on a Hannah Montana episode together that was very iconic. And they did the iconic Disney Channel friends for change song one little action a chain reaction will never stop make it strong shine a light and send it on they don't give a shit about demi anymore but they do still hang out with each other Ooh, we're gonna talk about the jonas brothers in a second too those demonic brothers but um miley cyrus is not about bullying she's all about anti-bullying and if she sees someone's getting bullied on a huge public way. She's going to say something about it. If you don't know, she has the Happy Hippie Foundation, which is all about spreading kindness and good vibes and ending bullying and donating to a lot of powerful causes about that realm and that spectrum. So she's very anti-bullying and an advocate for that. <laughs> I feel like if this was on the Disney Channel and Miley was playing Hannah Montana and she confronted someone at an event... Like, it would be that Disney Channel moment of the main girl finally confronting the bully and being like, you know what? Who cares what you think anyway? I don't want to be your friend. I just want to be me, Kendall. And then the applause track would play. Like, ooh, ooh, 
You know what I'm saying? It'd be a funny moment. So I could see Miley Cyrus doing that. And I feel like the only person who has more beef with people than Selena Gomez is Kendall Jenner. So yeah, let's just add Miley to that list. Remember when Rihanna told Kendall not to come to her concert in a series of tweets? <laughs> that was so funny. Um, speaking of concerts that Kendall Jenner went to, can you believe Kendall Jenner had the nerve to go to Beyonce's birthday concert with the birthday gift at her birthday concert? Why was Kendall Jenner there? But all the Kardashians were at Beyonce's birthday concert this weekend. If you don't know, Beyonce just turned 42 and her concert literally turned in to a red carpet event. Every single celebrity in the whole world was there. Zendaya, uh, Tom Holland, Leonardo DiCaprio and his 25-year-old infant girlfriend. Lizzo and all of her problematic ways. Alicia Keys, Halle Berry, Tony McGuire, Kim Kardashian, Northwest, Khloe Kardashian. Like, I, th I think Oprah was there. Everyone was there. It, like, all those celebrities were in the VIP elite Illuminati tent or, like, the stand above everyone where no one can interfere with them. And they were all lined up singing all her songs as if they were that one video of all those celebrities singing We Are the World. Like, they were just swaying back and forth singing Rihanna, I mean, Beyonce. And it was so funny seeing all the celebrities sing Beyonce in unison. It felt like they were doing another charity We Are the World event. Uh, so iconic. I was, speaking of biggest celebrities in the world, I was at the concert as well. <laughs> I was not in the celebrity tent, though. I wasn't even in, in Club Renaissance. Tickets for her birthday show were so astronomical because people knew there was going to be surprises. And this was slated to be one of the best performances of her whole career because they knew she was going to go super hard. This Renaissance tour is her biggest budget ever. It's selling out more than ever. The stadiums are completely full. So people knew she was going to go crazy in love for this concert. And let me tell you, she fucking did. It was the best concert I've ever seen in my fucking life. But the club Renaissance tickets were going for $44,000 that day. $44,000 to get that close to Beyonce. The cheaper ones, like the cheap end of the ticket resellers who are more evil than landlords, the most evil people on the earth trying to gouge everyone. The other resell, like on the low end, was like $5,000. So I spent $900 to get on the third tier. And I got in a little suite with people. So I didn't even have a seat, technically. I paid $900 to not have a seat. Isn't that crazy? So in this suite, someone... Uh, was a podcast listener so shout out to you and they gave me a lot of their tequila from their bottle so i was drunk in love drinking my inhibitions off and it was such an iconic fucking experience i would pay ten thousand dollars to go i'd pay the forty four thousand dollars to go again no one performs like her she is an alien superstar the only word to describe beyonce is alien superstar she's better than everyone she's not a human she's your favorite celebrity's favorite celebrity like just seeing beyonce beyonce in person because that's a verb to beyonce but only beyonce can do it like that verb is only applicable to miss carter she she kept telling the crowd to call her miss carter it was so funny she kept saying say hey miss carter and every time i was like hey miss carter my throat was bleeding again my throat always bleeds at concerts because i scream so loud but beyonce is so urethral in person seeing her Really, the whole world just stopped. Diana Ross came on the stage to sing happy birthday to her. Who else does that? Diana Ross? Like, the Diana Ross? Insane. The crowd went nuts. Kendrick Lamar came out to perform America Has a Problem. 2048 at the trap. Hit him with the rack. Put it on the map. They'll be right back. Dun, 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 dun. 
I was dancing so hard to pure honey in my suite that a tall woman, a stallion, came up behind me, grabbed my hips, and like bent me over. Like I, I just became her bottom. It was so hilarious, but I was dancing like a little slut. It was so fun. Like Beyonce said, queens to the front, doms in the back. She was my dom, <laughs> so she went in the back. But I was like, wait, this is the most funny moment of my whole life. But anyway, the Kardashians made it about themselves. Of course, they made Beyonce's whole birthday show about themselves. And let me tell you how they did that, because they knew this was going to be a press-worthy event. They knew the buzz was going to be there. Everyone there was going to be paparazzi, and there was photographers everywhere. So they said, this is a moment for us to get press. This is a moment for us to pull a stunt. And what do they do? Chris Jenner was there. Kylie Jenner was there. Chris Jenner made Kylie Jenner hard launch with Timothy Chalamet at a packed stadium. Oh my God. She said, we are hard launching today, babe. We're harder launching than SpaceX and our rocket is not going to blow up in the middle of the sky. The only rocket taking off was Timothy Chalamet's. If you know what I'm saying, it sounds so weird even saying that, but this is the tea. Everyone thought their relationship was fake. Totally fake, right? You thought it was fake. I thought it was fake. They just didn't seem like they would go together. Like Kylie's hips are the same wingspan as Timothy Chalamet's arms. Can he handle that much woman? This is not traditionally Kylie's type. Dating tall, white, lanky boys is so 2022. So it just seemed a little random to me. But at this concert, they are making out in the front of the A-list celebrity elite tent. Making out, like lip smacking. They are not coming up for air, just like the Titan submarine. They never came up for air. Making out in front of everyone. At one point, like Kylie's in front of him and she's reaching her head behind to meet Timothy's lips. And then Kylie goes behind Timothy and starts grinding on him. And she has her arms wrapped around him from the back to protect Tiny Tim. And they're dancing and kissing. They were just making a whole scene of themselves. And you know Kris Jenner was right in, in front of them like, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Let me remind you, this is in a packed stadium. Every single ticket was sold. I'm not even kidding. Like usually when concerts are sold out, that actually means it's 95% sold. Um, that That basically just means like the odds of you getting like an easy ticket with a big group of people is very low like that what sold out means but this concert was really sold out like it was more than 95% sold I'm pretty sure it was 99% you you couldn't even like spot any spot open at all it was fucking insane so they were doing this in front of everyone and don't you think it's weird that Kendall Jenner and Bad Bunny hard launched their relationship the same way making out at a very public concert I think theirs was at the Drake concert so why is concert hard launching the new Kris Jenner PR plan. I'm not sure. But it is the summer of concerts, so that's a very smart thing to do. And let me tell you, Kris isn't stupid. A Vogue writer, a writer of Vogue, like one of the biggest press outlets ever, wrote an article this week about how she is doubting the authenticity of this Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet relationship because we never see them in person. It just seems like a press PR thing to you know, keep them in the news cycle so they can keep selling whatever they're selling on any given day. Whatever fraudulent products they're selling today. So Kris Jenner said, we have to hit the red button. We have to hard launch at this concert in front of everyone. And then, of course, 
the press about the whole concert was Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner hard launch in front of everyone. Oh my God. And I don't like when people say like, that's not considered a hard launch. They could have just been on a date. Doesn't mean they're exclusive. In celebrity world, making out at a public place, that's a rock solid hard launch. Just like Timothy Schlong. It was a rock solid hard launch. And they've technically been dating now for six months, going on dates for six months. So I'm pretty sure they would be exclusive now or not. But it's so weird that Kylie took so long to tell us. Kylie loves withholding information. It, 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 it's, it's exciting to her. She wanted to hide away this relationship just like she hid away Stormy for so long. She likes to keep us waiting. She's a master of Antissa. Patient. <laughs> See what I did there? So I just think this was Chris Jenner orchestrated because of the whole event. What I hope isn't happening is that I hope this is real to Timothy, but not real to Kylie. I hope it's not Kardashian orchestrated just to get close to Timothy or get some buzz off of him because Timothy Chalamet is a really well-respected Oscar-nominated actor. And Kylie probably wants to run in those circles. The Kardashians are covering every base. They're monopolizing the entertainment industry. Kendall's going after the music industry. Chloe's always in the NBA. Now Kylie's going for the actors. Kim is going after the fucking wild people in the industry who are always in the in, in the news. They're everywhere. They're checking all their bases. And before we get on to Courtney on why this was more about the Kardashians that night, let's talk about the fact that the biggest tea of the night is that Travis Scott was also at this concert because every celebrity was there. And Travis Scott, if you don't know, if you don't remember for some reason, is Kylie Jenner's ex-man. They were together for so long. And of course, they have two children together. Um, Stormy and what's the other one's name that she took forever to tell us? It's 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 like a... Oh, Airy. I, I, I was like, it's like some astrology sign. I was thinking of Aries, but it's Air. Air? Yeah, Air. Air Webster. So they have two kids together. But Travis Scott had to watch Kylie Jenner make out with Timothy Chalamet right in front of him. Seeing them make out to me is still so weird. I feel like I learned some sort of government secret and I have to be killed now that I've seen them make out because it just feels wrong. It feels like it should have stayed a secret because like, ugh. But we already know Travis, Scott's, Travis Scott hates Timothy Chalamet. And he already wrote a song about it, how even though Timothy is Willy Wonka, he'll never have as good a chocolate as Travis Scott has, which is admittedly clever. So they were both there. I'm sure it's very awkward. Meanwhile, Stormy was home alone, starving, waiting for her parents to get home. But Stormy, baby, your parents were being messy tonight, so you'll just have to wait. Okay, so let's move on to Kourtney Kardashian. Kourtney Kardashian was probably going to go to this concert tonight with all of her sisters. Travis Scott was also supposed to have a concert that night with Blink-182. But at the last minute, Travis had to cancel his Blink-182 concert due to an urgent family matter. So that got people thinking, oh my God, something's wrong with Kourtney and her baby. This is really fucking scary. What is this family emergency? I must know. So they canceled the whole Blink-182 concert. Which I think is kind of interesting because Travis is technically just the drummer. And I know he's not just the drummer. Like the drummers are so important and an integral part. But it's like, damn, they're going to, like if one of them can't perform, they're going to cancel it all. I actually think that's cool. Technically, someone could just bang the drums in the 
sequential order they're supposed to and make all the same sounds, but they need Travis there to just have his presence. He's pretty quiet on stage compared to the other two. Like they're always bantering Blink-182 and I feel like he's pretty quiet about it. But anyway, they were very loyal to him. We said, we're not going to use another drummer. Unlike Chris Jenner with Rob Kardashian. Kidding. Anyway, Courtney was seen walking around the hospital in a photo after that. She said, let me seek medical attention. And then the news finally broke the next day that Courtney Kardashian almost lost her baby. Can you fucking believe that? That's so sad. That's so scary. That's anyone's worst fear. So Courtney posted on Instagram and said, I will be forever grateful to my incredible doctors for saving our baby's life. I am eternally grateful to my husband who rushed to my side from tour to be with me in the hospital and take care of me afterwards. My rock. And then everyone was like, wait, all her sisters were at a Beyonce concert while she was recovering from some sort of terrible medical emergency that almost made her lose her baby. They're not the supportive family that they claim to be on the reality show. But to be fair, Courtney continued and said, and to my mom, thank you for holding my hand through all of this. So Chris Jenner was there. And I love that Chris was there for her as her mommy. Then she continued and said, as someone who has had three really easy pregnancies in the past, I wasn't prepared for the fear of rushing into urgent fetal surgery. Oh my God. I don't even know what, what fetal sur surgery mean. Does that mean a surgery on the fetus? That makes me have so many questions because isn't the baby in an amniotic sac? So how would they perform on that? That poor woman. Thank goodness she's okay. And the baby. But she said, I don't think anyone who hasn't been through a similar situation can understand that feeling of fear. To have a whole, I have a whole new understanding and respect for the mamas who have had to fight for their babies while pregnant. Praise be to God. Walking out of the hospital with my baby boy in my tummy and safe was the truest blessing. And then Travis commented on that post and said, God is great. Jeez. Jeez, that is so scary. Oh, my God. Poor Courtney. Yeah, I can't imagine the fear of not because that's like like double fear of already having a medical scare. Not only could you lose your baby's life, but your own life. And you have to put so much of yourself on your on the line and go through a whole surgery. And I'm sure she was just exhausted physically and emotionally just to save her baby. And that makes me have so much respect for every single mother in the whole world who really put their bodies through even more than just, you know, growing and changing through a real physical hell to have their babies. Um, and I don't really like that people in the comments were saying like, well, she's having a baby at a, a pretty late age because she's like 44 or something or 43. I, I don't think it's too old to have a baby. I know I'm not like a doctor or anything, but I think if you can have a baby, I think you should. I, I think in an age, maybe higher than like, I don't know, like, like 50 something, just because you should be there to like raise your kid and not be like, you know, like Robert De Niro having a new baby at 77. That's a little bit irresponsible because you're not going to be able to physically be breathing for that kid anymore. But if you're in your 40s and you can still have a baby as a woman and you think that will make you happy for the next 40, 50 years of your life, why not? Um, and so I did some researching about like, what are the benefits of having a baby in your 40s? 
And a lot of the research came to the conclusion that while there are no direct health benefits of having a baby after 40, there's a lot of like life benefits of having a baby after 40. For example, delaying pregnancy may have several results that could improve a woman's mental and emotional well-being after 40. Um, research suggests that women in their 40s having babies could have much less stress and much more calm, successful pregnancies because of their less stress. They may have a more consistent, supportive partner at that age, more money, more, res more resources, much more comfortable in life, a good paying job and health insurance and a higher quality of medical care. So a part of me is like, if society doesn't want people to have babies at 40, maybe society should do a better job of not making the barrier to entry of having children these days be impossible. It's so expensive. It almost seems like something that is no longer something that we get to pursue in our pursuit of happiness and a right it seems like a huge luxury and not just in the way where yes is expensive, but in the way where it's only for like the top 20% can have a baby. It feels really dystopian how hard it is to financially afford a kid these days. And I saw an article with the title are a lot of couples and women being a, being a price ranged out of having babies. And why is that even a, ethical question to ask you're being priced out of having a baby because everything is just so expensive these days like i'm happy that that article shed light onto it but the fact that that's where we are as a society is so fucked up so if you want to complain about a woman having a baby later in life fuck you it's not easy these days but anyway what can we learn from it i think what we can learn from women going through so much to have babies and Kris Jenner being there for Kourtney Kardashian, even though she's like a grown woman and Kris is like about to be in her 70s, but she's still taking on her mom duties and being there for Kourtney. I think what we can learn is that it doesn't matter how old you are or what you do in your life, you never stop needing your mom. And that is a Kate Winslet quote, actually. <laughs> so good for Kate Winslet. She's so wise. But you'll always need your mom. My sister was actually saying, my sister just had a baby. So shout out to her. She was saying she never needed our mom more until she became a mom herself. And my mom was like so amazing, helping her adjust to motherhood and taking the best care of her baby and providing them with like meals and just everything you can possibly think of. But I feel like the feeling of wanting your mom has no age limit, no time limit, and no distance. So what we can learn is to just always treat your mom the best because they're the most angelic, heaven-sent people on earth. And we need to appreciate them for everything that they're worth. I would die without my mom. I want to give my mom a big shout out as I should all the time, but today especially because she just sent me a bunch of spider traps and pest repellents in the mail because she knows I'm going through the whole infestation in my apartment right now. And it's really horrible and traumatizing. So she's just always being supportive and always thinking about me and she's just the best. I was sick a few weeks ago and she sent me, all of these cough drops and medicine. And I truly have the best mom in the world and I'll be needing her forever. So shout out to you, mom. Let me give you an update on my pest situation. And I really have an, imp I like, I just need y'all's opinion. Professor Patty needs his student's opinion. So if you don't know, I am in this apartment right now in West Hollywood. It's lovely. It's expensive. My rent is over $2,000 a month. I really love West Hollywood 
though. You know, it's worth the price. My apartment is very lovely. I feel very blessed to have it. However, I've recently got some sort of infestation from bugs, and they've been biting me in my sleep. And so your first thought is probably, it's bed bugs. After doing inspections with a human, he saw no evidence of bed bugs, but evidence of spiders that are biting me in my sleep. And I've seen a lot of spiders in, in here, a lot. So I don't doubt that. I take photos of them. I have this app that I can take photos of the insects in my apartment, and it will tell me what insect it is, <laughs> like the exact scientific name like the you like the eugelanius repophoba those weird scientific names they give to insects and animals it's so funny though i'll take a photo of it and it's like the who's that pokemon thing <laughs> that's just how i feel every time like i took a photo of a spider and they were like it's a wall spider venomous poisonous horrible But yeah, oh God, sorry. I was just thinking about how horrible that was and how horrible this is. It's like that Wendy Williams quote, life could be worse. No, this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst. So then they had a canine unit come in. And remember last week when I was like, they're probably going to send in some incompetent ass dog that has cataracts and bumps into walls to smell around my apartment. You know what they sent in? when they said canine unit, I was thinking like three German shepherds, maybe a few Huskies or even one border collie, I think would do the job because they're like the smartest dogs in the world. You know what they sent in? A fucking beagle. One beagle. A fucking beagle. Are you kidding me? I feel like Beagles have the energy of a 65-year-old man who just wants to retire and is really not even doing their job anymore. I can't imagine a Beagle's Yelp score being very good. I, I just don't think Beagles have drive in life. And I would never hire a Beagle for literally anything except to just sit there and be cute. So, you know, this Beagle, who looks like Eeyore, was moping around my apartment. And he apparently didn't find anything. So we're not going to come for him. We, we, we love you, Beagle. You're, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. He didn't find any bed bugs. So then my apartment was chemically treated. And now I'm back in it. And I was so scared I was going to get bit last night in my sleep that I actually slept with my ring light on my face, like shining in my face. This is so crazy that I'm telling you guys this. But imagine me sleeping in my bed with the ring light shining on my face. You know why I did that? Because bed bugs don't go where the light is. And I don't want them to bite my face. These marks or any bug because i'm still paranoid that it is bed bugs but most bugs wouldn't go right where the light is these marks last on my body for a really long time they ate my ass and then they ate my arm and then they ate my stomach i'm so scared but anyway last week i stayed with my friend adam the flop for a week and then i went to an airbnb because he had other guests coming over so i went to an airbnb for a few days and then i had to go to another airbnb but in between my Airbnb check-in and check-out time, it was 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. So I didn't have a house for those hours. So I was really desperate and tired, so I took a nap in my apartment on my couch, not even on my bed where I acquired the last bites. I did not get one bite in Adam's apartment. I did not get one bite in my Airbnbs. I took a two-hour nap on my couch in my apartment. I woke up with five more bites. Isn't that so scary? Sinister. I was distraught when I woke up. I was like, I can't believe they're creepy crawling on my body 
without my consent in my sleep. Like they're coming out of the fucking walls, like demons or something. Like Doja Cat's new music video. Like that's what I picture is biting me. I would hate to be bit by Doja Cat. That was before the chemical treatment. So now it's been chemically treated. And I really hope, you know, everything has died. The evil bugs have been mass murdered. That's the goal. I didn't get bit last night. Again, I had a light on me. But my apartment sent me an email and they're offering me the opportunity to break my lease if I feel unsafe. They did not compensate me for the Airbnbs. They did pay for all the treatments and all the inspections. So that's nice. But they said they will let me break my lease for free. Usually, if you break your lease, you have to pay a month of rent. So that'd be more than $2,000. Airbnbs are expensive, though. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever stayed in one? God. Mine were, like, low end, too. Mine were not that nice. And I stayed at I stayed at one for four days. It was $1,200. One for three days or three nights. It was 700 so expensive. Insane. So now I'm thinking, even if I don't get bit in my apartment in the next few weeks or ever again, should I break my lease and go to a new apartment, go through all the hassle of finding one and moving and steaming all my belongings to kill anything on them and just going to a new apartment so the chance of infestation is much lower and I just get out? Or should I just stay here, trust that they cleaned it really well, and be thankful that I have an apartment complex that would even clean it? Should I do that, or should I break my lease? Because right now, I'm not even sure if there's any bugs here anymore. But what if they come back in two months, and then the option to break my lease is no longer available? So I'm considering telling them I'm going to take them up on their offer this week, and then moving somewhere else. Not far. I'll still probably live in West Hollywood or maybe like Central or North. Somewhere very close to me in the same town in, in Hollywood still. Just somewhere else. Let me know what you would do. I'll leave a poll. But oh my God, this has been the most exhausting two weeks of my life. And that's why the podcast has been so late. I couldn't even record it yesterday because it was getting chemically treated. And you can't go in your apartment for four hours after it gets treated. So I, I had nowhere to like sit and, and record it. There's no lobby in my apartment. So I was just like, ugh, I just don't want to go through this again. So I might just like go through the hassle of moving once and get it over with. But let me know, students. Please let me know. Oh, my God. I need your input. And I respect y'all's input because you're PhD level students at this university. So I greatly respect y'all's opinions. Let me know. Okay, so another celebrity couple has bitten the dust. They got the new strain of COVID going around and a side effect of that new strain of COVID is getting divorced because every single celebrity couple in Hollywood is getting divorced right now. And I'm not just talking about COVID couples. 
who were falling in love while they were shacked up in a house and then realized once real life came back around, they cannot handle 7,000 things that that person does and realize they hate them, actually. (laughs) These are like long-lasting couples, like Sophia Vergara and her husband, Reese Witherspoon and her husband. We're talking about decades of people together are now just all divorcing, and this is just adding to this list. Here's a refresher of the eulogy of celebrity marriages that have ended this year, including a few that were just not technically married, but together for a very, very long time. Taylor Swift and Joe Elwin, Britney Spears and Sam Asghari, Ariana Grande and Dalton Gomez, Billie Eilish and Jesse Rutherford, Sofia Vergara and Joe, I do not know how to pronounce that last name, Rosalia and Rao Alejandro, Tina Knowles and Richard Lawson, Justin Trudeau and Sophie, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, Hunter Schaefer and Dominic Fike, Ricky Martin and his husband, Billy Porter and his husband or their husband, Reese Witherspoon and her husband, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. Divorce attorneys are really the only people in Hollywood who are working right now because of all the strikes going on. But this one I really did not see coming and I already didn't believe in love for a lot of reasons, but truly Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner divorcing absolutely shocks me. I thought they were endgame. I thought they were going to be the king and queen of the Game of Thrones and rule the empire together forever. But after four years of marriage, they have decided to get divorced. The Jonas Brothers, first of all, make their personality having wives. They're all always putting them in their music videos and in their songs. They have a name for the three wives, too. Like the Jonas Brothers wives. I don't know what they call them. The Jonas wives, but they had a whole thing for them. I know that Kevin Jonas and his wife almost got divorced, but they made it work out. So good for them. Kevin, I feel like is low key, like the background of the Jonas brothers, but he's still so confident. Why is Kevin so confident? He has big dick energy and I bet you he has a big dick and that's why he's so confident, but never does Kevin Jonas ever seem insecure. He's actually so thrilled to be in the background of that band. (laughs) good for kevin but anyway the jonas brothers love having wives however joe jonas is now using his team to totally tear down sophie turner after their divorce he's completely manipulating the narrative and sending out a smear campaign against his now ex-wife like nothing i've ever seen before in a divorce it's like he had this whole arsenal of ammo to use against her right when the divorce was announced. And these were from like credible sources like People and E! News. This wasn't just some page six shit. So this is real inside sources completely destroying Sophie Turner's whole life. If you don't know her, she's a really iconic actress. I believe she is 24. Let me look. But she's super, super pretty. She was in Game of Thrones, like one of the biggest shows ever. She could be a supermodel. Oh, she's 27. But they got married when she was 23. Quite a young woman. Joe Jonas is 34. So there's a bit of an age gap going on there. But Joe Jonas started dating dating Sophie Turner when she was just 19, I believe. And then she was 23 when they got married. And then they had a baby when she was 24. So she was really just finishing Game of Thrones. And being a really amazing mother, following him on tour... Meanwhile, I feel like he was giving 
zero supportive husband vibes. And now he's especially giving zero supportive husband vibes. So here are five ways that Joe Jonas is trying to tear down Sophie Turner. There's a family feud going on. So the first way he's trying to smear her name through the mud. This is also just so ridiculous to me. They put out statements saying that Sophie Turner parties too much. There was legit statements saying that she's always out and she wants to constantly be partying and drinking and Joe Jonas just wants to stay in and have the calm life. The quote from the mirror says, Sophie Turner's partying led Joe Jonas to file for divorce four years after being married. Sophie Turner's partying reportedly factored into Joe Jonas's decision to get divorced. That's just so crazy to me because Joe Jonas gets drunk on stage at his concerts and he's partying all the time on tour after his shows. And does he not realize he married a woman in her 20s? Why is he shocked when she's acting like she's in her 20s? Someone can be a mother and be a wonderful mother and still like to party. I think if a mother is going to give her all to her kids, she needs to let loose sometimes and feed her soul and go have fun so she can be happy and give that to other people. And it's actually so crazy because Sophie Turner used to do interviews and say that she's actually the really anxious introverted one. And she has to lock down Joe from going out to party all the time. Like he's the social butterfly and it causes tension with her because he's always out and she has to tame him in his drinking and all of that kind of stuff. Fucking crazy. And that's just what you get when you meet someone where they're 19 and start to date them. Like, if I was with someone and they didn't like me partying, I'd be like, I literally got drunk four days this week. I'm so sorry. Number two is that he said she was working too much and kind of implying that maybe she wasn't there for him or her kids enough. But she was on Game of Thrones, one of the biggest shows in the whole world. And when you're on that level of a successful show, you can't just take that much time off. Like, you are now a part of a phenomenon. It is now your life. And everyone was devastated when it came to an end. And then she's done eight projects including finishing Game of Thrones since they've been together. It's just the constant trend of men marrying super, super, super successful women and then getting confused when they continue that success. And I would only want a man if he helped me thrive, if he wanted me to take all these roles and he could, you know, pick up the slack for me. If I'm the the breadwinner and I'm the one who's in demand and has the crazy acting career you think they could pick up some slack too. Let's just be real. The Jonas Brothers like really weren't that relevant before 2019 with Sucker for a long time. Yeah, Joe was in DNCE and they had a few hits, but they were more known for their songs and no one really cared about them as a group. Like, let's just be honest. So maybe Joe felt insecure. I don't know, but sources, he also put out a source saying that she was just working too much and maybe neglecting or something as if a woman working in 2023 is a travesty. No wonder divorce rates are up. Number three is that apparently she was not taking care of the kid enough. There was this whole very specific wordplay and narrative spelling going on here. Sources were saying for the last six months, Joe was taking care of the kids almost all of the time. And they were living with him in Miami away from Sophie. Amid their separation, Joe Jonas had been reportedly taking care of his two children with Sophie Turner pretty much all of the time over the last few months, even while on tour. Girl, what the fuck? Like, why are you, first of all, wanting a trophy for just taking care of your kids? And I hate when people say like, oh, the dad had to step up and always be babysitting the kids. No, he's not babysitting. Those are just his kids. That's just the life he signed up for for the next 18 years and for forever. He's not babysitting. He's simply doing his his moral duty of what he should do 
infuriating. His lawyer who's putting out these statements must be like a men's right attorney. And then today, Joe Jonas went to Starbucks or like, well, yesterday at this point, he went to Starbucks with his kids to literally do a photo op, like a planned paparazzi photo of him holding them and drinking with them outside. He could have easily sit inside, but he sit right outside at a coffee shop in Miami, I'm assuming, and was just sitting there basking in all the paparazzi, taking his photos and letting the world know the reports are true that he is the one taking care of the kids. I feel like when men go out of their way to paint a narrative about someone, they go so hard. They commit to it. They will take leaps and bounds to convince other people of a reality that is not happening. And I feel like that is exclusively a men thing. And we're going to get into that in the what we can learn section. But it's so weird to me because I feel like a woman never goes out of her way to bash her ex-partner or make her husband seem like this crazy person if he's not. But when a man's marriage falls apart, it's like she did this, this, and this, and it is her fault. He's like, okay, kids, we're going to go to Starbucks and I'm going to buy you a pumpkin frappuccino. And if you don't smile and act like you're having the best time, I'm putting you in a cage. You're going back on the leash. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, number four. This is the craziest one. You Okay, this is fucking mind-boggling. This, Sophie Turner is going to end up on Snapped. I would end up on Snapped if I was Sophie Turner and my ex put out this statement. I would kill my husband. I just killed my ex. Okay, so I said, Sources tell TMZ that Joe Jonas filed for divorce after allegedly catching Sophie Turner doing or saying something on the ring camera at their house. Quote, Joe had access to a ring camera that said he captured Sophie saying and doing something that made him realize the marriage was now over. What kind of ominous ass weird statement was that? And the way that it leaves it open ended in a really negatively framed uh, suspicion inducing way as if there's like criminal activity going on what the fuck was she doing on the porch of your house sacrificing a pig to satan and drawing a star and lighting candles and sitting in it was she eating a baby was she kissing someone who's taller than joe jonas like i bet you she's just said something hilarious on the patio and he just couldn't take the joke (laughs) she did something on the ring camera that Joe was triggered by. What kind of a mind fucky statement is that? That is the weirdest shit. And I would like, I would not just summon him to a meeting. I would summon him to court and be like, what, what, what kind of deflammatory statement is that? Bitch. Joe Jonas has the smallest PP of the Jonas brothers. Anyway, number five is that, Joe Jonas is making it out to seem like Sophie wanted the divorce and she tore apart the family. She couldn't keep their family together and led them down this path to divorce. And she was totally content with making their family a broken home. And Joe, the last thing he wanted was divorce. So this was the the statement. Divorce was a last resort for Joe. He never wanted to break up his family, but he had to take what he felt was the best course of action for his girls. Girl. And then it says, a source tells TMZ that Joe Jonas tried to salvage his marriage with Sophie Turner before filing for divorce. 
as if he's this savior of the nuclear family. He's the savior of their perfect white picket fence home. He's super dad. And she's this degenerate who ruined everything. I had a marvelous time ruining everything. A marvelous time. She had a marvelous time. Oh my God, that song is like what he's painting her out to be. There goes the last great American dynasty. Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. Anyway, in my opinion, Joe Jonas is the problem. He probably broke up with her over the phone in a 25-second phone call. <laughs> Speaking of Taylor Swift. Um, but yeah, I think it's so fucked up. And anyone who's going to run a smear campaign against the mother of his children is wretched. Kim Kardashian will not even run a smear campaign against Kanye West. She keeps her mouth shut to protect her ex-husband. And then these men are out here. The woman does practically nothing except live life. And they're going to run a smear campaign against her. It's really just the difference between women and men here. Well, what I'm thinking is like, maybe he's trying to win the divorce in court. Maybe he wants to win something over. So he has to put out all these statements to get ahead. I don't know. I think Sophie Turner will be fine though. She'll continue to be a great mother and a successful actress. And she can go down the Pete Davidson rebound pipeline and she'll be fine. Emphasis on pipe. So what can we learn from this? First of all, I think we can learn that no one has to be the bad guy when relationships end. Sometimes it just didn't work out and that's okay. We can have that. Thank you. Next energy. We can say thank you and say next. And then I think we should talk about the concept of deflection because sometimes you may not be able to realize that what some people are doing to you, it seems that they're attacking you and trying to ruin your life. They're actually just deflecting because of themselves. Deflection is like an anxiety defense mechanism where basically someone tries to completely redirect focus, blame, or criticism from themselves onto another person in an attempt to preserve their self-image. And the inclination towards shifting blame can be seen in anyone, but especially men. And it usually comes from someone who is not being genuine, maybe feels guilt themselves. People use deflection as a way to get someone else off their course or like, like off course of thinking about them, so to speak. If they're being criticized and they feel the need to defend themselves, they'll deflect onto a person who is associated in the situation who really did nothing wrong, but people who fall back on deflection all the time are so determined. Like nothing will stop them because their main goal is to just never have to deal with conflict or even get to the place where they could possibly be blamed. They are 100% in this character of deflecting onto someone else. And I think what we can learn is that when someone deflects on you, you just don't even feel the fire. You handle it with grace and you keep being the good person that you are and not deflect back onto them because that will only cause them to get more fired up. You're like fighting fire with fire at that point. Just clear your name and go on and they'll make themselves look a whole lot of guilty and their deflection will turn back on them. Um, shortly after that, Sophie Turner put out an amazing statement that kind of just did all what I was talking about. She put out a very graceful statement 
about why their marriage actually broke up. And it says, this is a statement from them from the two of us. After four wonderful years of marriage, we have mutually decided to amicably end our marriage. There are many speculative narratives as to why, but truly, this is a united decision and we sincerely hope that everyone can respect our wishes for privacy and our children. Yeah. So she was like, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm just going to let everyone know the truth. This is an amicable decision. I would like to respect my family and keep it private, unlike Joe. So that just kind of spells everything out there. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me on Pop Culture University today. Um, I appreciate y'all. Y'all are the best students ever. Again, I'm so sorry that it was late. My mind is like in a billion places this week getting bitten by spiders in my sleep. I was literally scared I was going to wake up as a skeleton today because they were going to eat all of my skin off. And I'll definitely let you know what I decide to do next week. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it in the interactive polls. So please definitely respond there. And then let me, let's respond to um, the responses from last week so last week the question was why or why not do you agree that taylor swift is michael is the michael jackson of this generation and then i said this is a safe space babes <laughs> um the the polls said 68 percent of you so 370 people who voted says yes taylor swift is michael jackson level famous whereas 32 percent of you said no i'm sorry but i do not agree with that and i'll just read some of the responses from both sides um, Joshua said, Taylor Swift doesn't have the same resources of fame as Michael Jackson had back then. Because of current technology, we couldn't possibly equally compare them. Yeah, that's a, a really good and true fact. And I'm not trying to like directly compare them. I'm just trying to like find the words for how famous Taylor Swift is. And I think the only words for me to say that was like, she's like the Michael Jackson, just such a phenomenon. Um, Brian said, Taylor has such a big impact that I can only think that applies to the impact that Michael Jackson said. After all, she is the music industry. Yeah, Brian, I literally just basically said the same thing in other words. So you're iconic. Um, Victoria said, I agree because she's a powerful woman in the business, period. Patty, I love you. You make my day so happy. Ah, Victoria, I love you too. I love you so much. So, 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 so much. Um, Emily said, she's just better. Kay said, I just wanted to say she's huge in Europe. If anyone thinks she's only famous in the U.S., they clearly haven't done any research. Even in my small Eastern European town, everyone knows who Taylor Swift is. Yes. Layla said, I mean, Michael Jackson stopped an entire NBA game when he just walked in. Layla, you must not have listened to the whole last episode. I, I confronted that. Respectfully, I confronted that, and I think you will love my response. Um... Lara Lara said, I mean, at the end of the day, nobody considered Michael to be Michael Jackson level famous until years later or even until Michael wasn't with us anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, Lara, I know what you mean. Like, we're, we're going to appreciate Taylor Swift just more and more is what I'm hearing. Hope Zaradich said, yes, she is. Michael Jackson, dead or not, is not as famous this generation just because of how the Beatles came before Michael. Taylor Swift is the same level of fame for this generation. Plays the man on Spotify. Yes. Ryan said, first off, I love you so much, Patty. I love you too, Ryan. And Taylor Swift is as famous because every single teenager I have seen in the past week has had Eras Tour merch and has been famous since she had her first album come out. Couldn't agree more. Now we have some contradictory ones. Um, Goth Bim R.I.L. I'll just call you Goth. <laughs> 
Goth said, Beyonce is Michael Jackson level famous, not Taylor Swift. Let's be real. She can't dance for shit, babe. <laughs> she is Eva Braun famous. It's giving great replacement therapy. Oh my goodness. I mean, I definitely agree at the level of pure talent. Beyonce is like so astronomically ahead of the whole world. But yeah, I mean, you definitely made some points there. Especially after seeing Beyonce this week. I'm like, oh my goodness. She's so iconic. Whitney Brown said, you cannot compare her to the Michael Jackson. She has good pop songs, but is still mid compared to the king of pop. She just relates to Gen Z population because she hasn't evolved since she came out. Oh my goodness. Whitney, I, I, I respect you and, and I respect all the Michael fans, but I feel like she, she kind of appealed to the millennials first because Gen Z was so young. So I feel like she has so many generations already, you know, kind of forming in her belt and she's already getting the new generation who are younger than Gen Z. So I feel like she relates to everyone. Dion said, Michael has way more fans globally. He was made a king in Africa in the 90s. Oh my God, wait, that's so cool. Taylor's fame is largely in America. She has many legendary moments and I actually, oh, he has many legendary moments and I actually can't think of one for Taylor. Um, I mean, I, I, I respectfully, I definitely hear what you're saying. I feel like Michael is so legendary. I feel like it might just be the rosy retrospection of looking back, kind of like how we said, we mentioned earlier one of our other students said uh you know we appreciated michael after he was gone maybe that's why we think they're legendary because the word legendary kind of implies some retrospection and reflection on the past so i feel like we'll look back and be like taylor swift's legendary moments were you know changing the the music industry with apple music and changing the music industry with re-recording her albums and changing the music industry with making more space for women and inspiring the next generation of songwriters and having all these amazing love stories like there's just so many you know winning grammy album of the year three times no one has ever done that so i feel like there is going to be a lot of legendary taylor swift moments but we wouldn't really consider them legendary until later on in life i feel like taylor swift is definitely going to outlive me though so i'll probably never hear that um okay this last one i'm gonna read emily roth i've definitely read one from emily before love you emily you always have something iconic to add patty i love your podcast but taylor swift is not the same level of fame but taylor is definitely a queen in the making yeah i definitely agree with that and i think that's a lovely place to leave it but yeah i hope everyone just took that conversation as love for both of them we're just talking about both of them because we love them both and it's so fun like having these two big stars that we can be like wow look at how successful they both are but anyway thank y'all for joining me today i guess i'm gonna head out now but i hope you have an amazing rest of your week i'll try to make the next episode on time students i should definitely take my own advice i'm like be punctual and then i don't do this but uh i will do my fucking best and i'll try to stay alive and not die I hope none of y'all are dealing with something as horrible in your own life. And if you are, do what I do. I have like every vice right now. I'm like drinking and smoking and eating a lot. I've turned to vices is what I'm saying. So maybe do that if you're struggling with something. I'm just kidding. Don't. Just go to therapy. <laughs> a therapist is the healthiest option. <laughs> okay. Bye, students. Love you. See you next time. Obviously, rate the podcast five star. Leave a review. Answer the questions because I want to read your name out loud and hear what you think and your opinions on these fun topics. So answer them. And uh, yeah, check out my Instagram for updates, petty pop culture, TikToks for more fun pop culture content. Lots of conspiracy theories on there. Petty pop culture, YouTube, petty pop culture. I just put out a podcast episode with my friend, Adam the Flop. We started a new podcast called The Main Pop Boys. It's very different from this. 
uh, it's it's very just like two people having conversations about the music industry specifically the music industry and there's a lot of fun segments on there though so go check it out it's only on YouTube the main pop boys it's on Adam the flops YouTube channel so type in Adam the flop main pop boys and it will come up but yes do all that and I will see you soon okay bye